I believed. I don't know about you guys out there. I thought the Hail Mary had a chance. Unfortunately, it was knocked down in the end zone, and the Eagles suffer a heartbreaking defeat at the hands of Washington, 27-24. to It's the team's third consecutive loss. I'm Chris McPherson. Joined alongside Ike Reese. We'll hear from Greg Cosell a little bit later in the show. We're going to unwrap everything here on the postgame show presented by Rico. We're going to go to FedEx Field. We'll have Chip Kelly's press conference along with Mark Sanchez's press conference. And we might as well, Ike, start with Mark Sanchez. The theme of the season here for the Eagles, the Alpha and Omega comes down to turnovers. And the Eagles started this game. Mark Sanchez lost a fumble. Washington was able to convert into an early field goal for a 3-0 lead. The Eagles tie game 24-24, fourth quarter. Sanchez is leading the team down the field. They're right around midfield. Third down pass attempt to Macklin. is intercepted by Bashad Breland. And it gives the Washington team a short field to work with as they're able to mosey on down to set up the easy chip shot field goal for Kai Forbath, who kicks in the 26-yarder to give Washington its fourth win of the season. Yeah, Chris, I mean, you know, just, just very disappointing uh, when you look at the, uh, the execution uh, of the team today, knowing what was at stake, uh, knowing that they had to basically come in and not allow this Washington Redskins team to hang around. Don't give them any confidence. Don't give them any belief that they can beat you. And the Eagles made just enough mistakes today to keep the Redskins in the game. You talked about the early fumble by Mark Sanchez where he was sacked. Uh, can't necessarily blame him for that. He was just he was sacked so, so fast uh, by Ryan Kerrigan. But then the penalties, the penalties, Chris. To me, that, 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 that's the big story of the day. Uh, how many times did penalties either stall a drive or keep a drive alive uh, for the Redskins or stall a drive for the Eagles? Just far too many penalties to overcome. And then you saw the final interception from Mark Sanchez, uh, who was really having a pretty good day, you know, taking what the defense was giving him. You know, he was getting the ball out of his hands quick for the most part of the day. You look at his, uh, his numbers, 37 to 50, 374. Now, that's, those are pretty decent numbers. Couple touchdown throws that he had, and he had really stayed away from the big mistake. He, he really had, you know, you're watching the last two games versus what we saw today. This was a completely different Mark Sanchez, in my opinion. He was just a little errant with that last pass uh, that, went, that, that went into the hands of uh, Bashar Breland, but uh, certainly can't put this at the foot of Mark Sanchez the blame for this loss. I look at the penalties and I look at missed field goals by Cody Park. Yeah, I know he's not 100%. He's been automatic for you pretty much this season. But bottom line is you lose by three and your kicker missed two makeable field goals. Uh, you know, and one came after a, a big turnover coming out of the half that gave the Eagles great field position. They went three and out and then missed the field goal. So uh, it wasn't so much what the Redskins did. I don't want to take all the credit away from the Redskins because they made a few plays, but I don't think they made enough plays to where you could say they deserved to win this game. This was more of what the Eagles did to themselves, not playing sort of a clean game in which they needed to play. They sort of, we talked about this in the beginning of the game, whether or not you're going to avoid playing down to the level of competition. I would say they played down to the level of competition today. Uh, just with the, uh, the mental errors, uh, some of the executions defensively, allowing Deshaun Jackson to get behind you several times for big plays. You just can't have those things. And then the one critical error at the end of the game, the interception uh, by Mark Sanchez when they were going down for possibly the game-winning score. Um, 
it's just disheartening considering that what was on the line and where this team was just three weeks ago. Thanksgiving seems like it was last year. Uh, the way they performed against the Dallas Cowboys and moved to nine and three, sitting at the top of the NFC East. Uh, the top of the at, NFC and yeah. NFL. Yeah, they have the number the one best record in the, in the league. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, at you're, that point. you're exactly right, and it just the team has not looked like they looked on Thanksgiving since Thanksgiving Day, and uh, this is one that, uh, depending on what happens tomorrow uh, in some of the games, you know, the door hasn't been completely shut on the uh, postseason hopes. But uh, we need a lot more help. And more importantly, the Eagles need to get back to playing Eagles football. I mean, we, we had 12 games prior to the last three where they looked like they were at least one of the top five teams in the whole National Football League. In the last three weeks, they have not resembled any, any such thing. Ike, well said on every point. So let's lay out the playoff scenario for the Eagles. I I know it's hard for Eagles fans to hear yeah. at this point, but at 9-6, and six, they cannot win a wild card. That is out of the picture at this point. They can still win the division, but Dallas must lose out. And they play tomorrow against Indianapolis, and they play the same Washington team in Week 17. The Eagles go to MetLife Stadium next Sunday to play the Giants. They, of course, have to win that game. If the Eagles and the Cowboys finish tied, yes, the Eagles would win the NFC East. But certainly that's not what's going to be on Eagles fans' minds at this point, thinking that this was kind of the, the easy stepping stone yeah. leading into that Week 17 game. I think most Eagles fans figured, okay, they'll take care of business against Washington. Because the one thing, and you mentioned this, Ike, is that the East Eagles teams in the last two years with Chip Kelly, they've taken care of the lesser opposition. And on the kickoff show, we had a stat where the Eagles have lost just two games to losing teams. And they were both last season to the Giants, who finished last season at 7-9, and the Minnesota Vikings late in the year. Outside of that, you look at all the losses prior to today, all five of them were against teams that were 500, the San Francisco 49ers, or above, and they were all the top teams in the NFC. That's the one reason that the Eagles could have finished with 11 wins and still not made the playoffs because they would have lost all the tiebreakers within the conference after sweeping the AFC South teams that they played this season. So uh, but the one number that stands out to me there, Ike, the penalties, yeah. 13 penalties over 100 yards given up of free yards there. You look down numbers because it's hard to really parse this game and say, how did the Eagles lose this game? And what? yes, they had the couple turnovers. Yes, Cody Parkey, who had been automatic all season long, misses two key field goals. But the penalties right there is what stands out to you the most. Yeah, yeah, the penalties are, are, are the biggest thing. And that's uh, the Eagles are one of the more penalized teams uh, in the league this year for some reason. That's just not like a Chip Kelly coach team. You know, this is a coach that pays a lot of attention uh, to detail and make sure that, that, that his players are paying attention to detail. And pre-snap, uh, you guys, the, the, the guys have to be locked in and keyed into what they're supposed to be doing. And uh, it was just far too often today. There were so many penalties, Chris, that you, you, you were almost expecting a penalty after every play uh, the way this refereeing crew was calling them. And, and a couple of them were iffy calls, you know, the, the, the roughing the quarterback, a couple of the, those two that happened that led to a Redskins scoring drive. I, I don't think those were roughing the penalty uh, uh, type of plays, but when the referees call them, they're not going to overturn them. That's not something you can go back and review. But the bottom line is, is that they allowed this team to stick around with their sloppy play and once the Redskins gained confidence thinking that they could win this game, it was hard to turn it off. You know, I thought the interception of RG3 
uh, would be the one that sealed the Redskins' fate, and it wasn't. It, yeah. it, it, it was not, you know, and it was a, you know, their defense came out and got a big, big turnover on that next drive that eventually put them in position to, to kick the game with a field goal. Watching those last couple of minutes, Ike, very similar to watching that Saints playoff loss back in January where the Eagles offense left the field in position. They were winning that game. They were tied here today. So you figure, okay, if they can just get it to overtime, they'd be in good shape. Of course, you didn't want to see it to go to overtime, but yeah. nonetheless, then the Saints took over. They got the kickoff return, and they had the easy drive to get the field goal. Here, Washington, great field position because of the interception. They get the big pass play on the first play after that, and then it's, at that point, just setting up shop, getting Forbath as close as possible. Uh, I, let me ask you this, and we were kind of talking about here in the studio watching the last couple of minutes here. What would you have done from a time management perspective, clock management perspective there, in terms of would you have allowed Washington to score the touchdown to try to give their team the ball back. How would yeah. you have handled that? Would you have done anything different there? Yeah, I would have, Chris. And listen, it's easy for me to sit here in the, in the warm studio and and be a Monday morning quarterback or a Saturday evening <laughs> quarterback after the, uh, the you know the facts have already uh, displayed themselves. But yeah, I, I looked at that situation very similar. Uh, to the Super Bowl when Green Bay was playing the Denver Broncos and the Green Bay Packers allowed Terrell Davis, I believe it was, right. to go in and score a touchdown late in the game just so that they would have an opportunity to get the ball back. And that's that's something I would have thought about. Obviously, Chip was trying to hold them there uh, for the field goal and try to save some time there. But uh, it didn't work out that way. Yeah, I, I would have tried to allow them to go into the end zone and score. But that's easy to say. You know, most coaches don't want to give up a touchdown uh, at that point there, and they feel if they hold them to a field goal, they're going to get the ball back with a little more time. Uh, the penalty, I believe it was, that gave the Redskins, I believe, uh, another down allowed the Redskins to run that clock down a lot further than they should have had the Eagles been able to get off the field, even if the Redskins had scored or kicked the field goal. It, like I said, it's easy for me to sit here in the studio and, and second-guess that and play Saturday evening quarterback, but the bottom line is you're in desperate mode at that time when, in all reality, it should not have come down to that. No. It, it really should not have come down to that. This is a 3 and what, 18, 3, three and, and 11. 9, 3 and 11 team, three I'm sorry. 3 and 11 team that had no business being in this game. But it's a divisional opponent that's playing at home, that's playing for a little pride. And once they hit on a couple plays early, I thought RG3 gained a lot of confidence. And the players, the players, I think, gained confidence as well. And they knew that they were in a dogfight from that point on. At the same time, halftime. 14 to 10 Eagles. Yeah. McCoy rushing the ball tremendously in the first half. Eagles had some tough sledding, but they finally seemed like they were grounded. They finally seemed like they were taking control of the game. Opening kickoff the second half. Andre Roberts fumbles. Eagles recover. You think at that point, all right, this Here is where go. the Eagles are going to yeah. stomp the, you know, stomp the throats of Washington and put this thing away. Cody Parkin misses the field goal, and then from there, it just seemed like they were just not able to seize it. And then all of a sudden, it's another thing that was going on throughout the course of the season. Another theme here, Eagles fall behind by a double-digit margin and have to work their way back. They were able to do so to tie the game, yeah. but they couldn't just get over the hump there at the end. But you bring up a great point there. Um, when you force a fumble coming out at the half and you're up by four already, you have an opportunity to go up 21-10 to 10 there. And now the Redskins, as a losing team, are going to be sitting on that sideline saying, oh, here it comes. Here comes the avalanche of points and, and, and yards. And, uh, uh, All right. No Ike, we're going to send it to Fex Field. Here's Chip Kelly.
penalties? Hey, you're not going to win a football game that way. I mean, we put them up, left them on the field too many times on third down where we got penalties to extend drives. You felt like you had to stop, but uh, 13 penalties and two turnovers isn't, isn't going to win a football game in this league. Do you feel like your team was ready to play today? I mean, through deflating losses and to come out like that, to give that kind of an effort? Yeah, I thought, you know, you battle back and you end up tying the game 24. Um, but we didn't do enough good things to win. Obviously, 13 penalties, missed two field goals, two turnovers, not enough to win a football game. On Sanchez's interception, what do you see? It was on the other side. I knew he threw it behind. It looked like he threw it behind Jordan. I don't know. I think they were bringing, they were bringing a blitz. I don't know if he had a chance to set his feet and throw the ball, but I know the ball was behind Jordan. Not, not being able to score when you guys recovered that um, kickoff that was big. You know, we, you want to come away with points. Obviously, you start off. It's a good momentum swing. Malcolm makes a nice play on the kickoff cover. We get a we get the ball out there. You, you think you're at least coming away with three. Um, you always want seven in those situations, but you know that's kind of what the game was like all night. No, we didn't talk about that. Anything with Parky's groin no, he was cleared. He was 100%. He kicked all week in practice, so I don't think it's got anything to do with that. I just think he, he missed. It looked like he missed in the same spot every time. Even the one he made, it looked like he pushed it to the right. So, What was the game plan going in uh, against Deshaun and to try to limit some of those deep balls? You try to get some help over the top you know, um, in certain coverages and, and, uh, and get matched up with them. Um, but I thought you know, we felt like our corners could stay with them, but obviously they didn't, and he, he had a good game. Just needed to get someone else in there and see what he could do. So put Nolan in there and then brought Fletch back and dime. So you did a lot of dinking and dunking today. Was that what they were doing? Yeah, a lot. They played a lot. They played uh, very deep in coverage and played off of people. You know, they 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 were down a couple linebackers. I think you know we felt like Zach could exploit them in there a little bit. And that's you know he had a really big game against those guys, kind of operating, giving us the ball in the middle of the field a lot. And that's what you know that's what we took. But um, you know couldn't didn't convert in a red zone. Uh, miss those two field goals so offensively you didn't get it done. You've got to put yourself in a pretty tough spot now in terms of the division. Mm-hmm. What are you looking at going forward? we got one game left. We're going to go get ready and get focused for the New York Giants and got to win that game. And then there's a lot of other things that have to happen besides that that we have no control over, but the only thing we do have control over is getting ready for New York. So There's another untimely turnover from, from Mark. Do you feel like he's I thought he played well in this game up until that turnover. You know, the one that Kerrigan stripped him. I don't think he saw him coming, um, coming around lane. But besides that, I thought he threw the ball well. Um, but you can't turn the ball over in a critical situation like that. The Lions struggled earlier. Gave up three sacks in the first half. What was going on there? And what adjustments? Did you um, I think Jeff made a couple of adjustments up front. We got beat on a couple twists, uh, just passing things off. I think he made some good adjustments and things settled down a little bit. I think uh, Lane did a better job getting used to what Ryan was going to do to him. Um, he's a really a dynamic pass rusher, as we all know. Um, but I thought I thought as the game went along, those guys did a good job. When you see Deshaun Jackson have his second straight 100-yard game win strategy, you think back to your original decision to release him? No, nah, I'm thinking about the football game. This is not the first time you stood here talking about turnovers and penalties. Is this team lacking discipline? <laughs> no, they're not lacking discipline. We're just not doing the right things to win a football game, but I don't think they're lacking discipline. There was a key third and one play where Deshaun got stopped in the second half. Mm-hmm. Were you able to tell what happened? Yeah, we didn't get a good push up front. Didn't look like it looked like we got knocked back a little bit. Um, and obviously, if you're going to win games like this, you got to you got to convert on third down like that. And we you know we knew it. Um, I don't think there was anybody coming free, but we just didn't get a real good push up front. Did you consider going for it after that? Or on fourth down, though. No. I mean, yeah. we were in we were in normal field goal range. That wasn't wasn't like it was a long kick that we were attempting at that point in time. So. At the end of the half, the decision to punt. What went into that? What's that? Yeah, it was too far out. We know pregame where he was going to go. We had to get the ball inside the 35-yard line. We weren't inside the 35. So. No, because if you turn the ball over there, then they get a shot. So. What allowed Nate to get the interception? 
I think he did a good job of reading the quarterback's eyes and understanding where he was trying to do. I think a lot of times our G3 was trying to look him off, you know, as the high safety. We played a lot of man free coverage, and then you got to do a good job of reading the quarterback and reacting back on that play. I thought he did a good job. Did, did Billy come to you about replacing Bradley? No, Billy's up in the box. We talk on the headset. You know, I, I knew what was going to go on. So. Second game in a row, you had to spend a lot of bullets just getting back into a tie situation. Mm-hmm. Is that just so difficult to maintain that sort of momentum? No, I mean that's what you that's what you got to do. You know, and I think a lot of it we created. We put ourselves in a hole, you know, and, and the, with the penalties and, um, you know, extending drives, and that that's on us. But, it, you know, you can't sit there and say, hey, we expended too much energy getting back in the game. We we had the ball at the end, um, driving, put ourselves in a situation to win, and we didn't do it. We didn't execute. Bradley Pledger had some tough one-on-one situations last week, too. Was there any thought to making sure he had safety help throughout here against Deshaun? No. I mean, we, we, we had a game plan going in, you know, and felt like we could match up, and obviously it didn't work. Why was Ertz more of a I think their linebackers were really banged up. You know, they didn't have any. Uh, I think Perry Riley was the only guy that was that's been a normal guy from Keenan Robinson. Their number one cover guy had been out, so we felt like that was something we could exploit inside. What went into the decision to keep Fletcher in the, in the starting spot up until the latter stages, given uh, his troubles over the last few weeks? What went into it? Yeah. We talked about it and felt like he was the best guy to give us a shot. On 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 those roughing the patch of Yeah, I mean, I just saw the replay in the stadium, so. It doesn't matter what I think. I'm not in charge, so. Thanks, guys. All right, Chip Kelly leaving the podium following the Eagles' 27-24 loss at the hands of Washington. Chris McPherson, Ike Reese here. We're going to hear from quarterback Mark Sanchez in a little bit. We'll react to what Kelly said after this quick break here on the Post Game Show. I step to Philly. I step to Philly. Yo step to Philly? The bus. The trolley. The train. Route 124. Route 23. I step to Philly. The 17 to training. Jenkintown. To her house. His house. To Betsy's house. City Hall. FTC. Delco. Media. To work. To school. To the mall. Abuelas. Broad Street. To the game. I step to Philly. Anywhere. Section 512, row 6, seats 7 through 10. Those are our seats. At this one time, we can't be there. Please treat them right. To get there early, stay late, and yell a whole lot. Dress warm, gloves, hats, warm boots. Eric sits in the middle. Uncle Paul sits on the aisle. And if you want to sit in my seat, make sure you get your ticket from the only place a fan can trust. Buy and sell 100% verified authentic tickets with other true fans. Only on NFL Ticket Exchange. Tickets from one fan to another. All right, welcome back to the post game show presented by Rico. Uh, Ike, your thoughts on what Chip Kelly had to say at his press conference? I, I'm sorry, just very emotional, I'm sure, like most Eagles fans are yeah. at this point. So, Well, you know, about giving help to Bradley Fletcher or any of the corners with, with number 11 out there, Deshaun Jackson, 
I guess they felt confident going into the game that they would be able to, you know, uh, marginalize Deshaun's effectiveness uh, without, you know, giving a whole bunch of help to uh, to uh, either the corners out there. And that's that's a dangerous that's just a dangerous uh, philosophy to go into a game with when, uh, with Jackson as one of the wide receivers because uh, against this secondary they've seen on film that if nothing else teams are going to take their shots down the field against our corners. You know uh, we have a tough time at times playing the football in the air and when you get a speed guy like Jackson if you don't get a jam on him at the line of scrimmage I mean he does this to. Some of the top corners in the league. I mean, you know, all pro corners in the league. He has the ability uh, to do these sorts of things, and you know, uh, they tried to adjust later in the game, but it was just too late. I've always said about Deshaun Jackson, he's never going to hurt you with the volume of catches uh, that he could possibly have in the game. It's always going to be the type of catch it is, and he had two big ones today. I think two 50-yarders today. They really uh, shortened the field for the Redskins. They were able to score the very next play off of his second 50-yard catch, and if I'm not mistaken, I think they scored a touchdown off of his first 50-yard catch. So, you know, the effectiveness of having a guy like Jackson in your line lineup is is that you don't have to work 10 12 15 plays to score if you're able to hit him with one of those deep balls and um, you would have liked to have seen you know our defense do a better job if of nothing else keeping the ball in front of them and making Washington earn everything because I believe if you force RG3 to go you know eight nine ten plays 12 plays more often than not he's going to make a mistake in there somewhere but when you give them drives of three and four plays because you allow one of these big plays to Deshaun Jackson. It really allows for RG3 to operate in his comfort zone where he doesn't have to do a whole lot. Sean Jackson, four catches, 126 yards on the day. Robert Griffin, the third, not monster numbers, but like you said, if you want to have him beat you, have him do it with his arm. Yeah. You figure he's not going to be someone who wants to run the football. Um, your estimation of how he performed, it seemed like that you saw some fundamental mistakes yeah. in the first half. You saw the interception in the second half, and like you had said, you thought maybe that would be the undoing of him. Maybe that's the point where he unravels and is not able to rally the team. But after they got the short field from the interception. He didn't have to do a whole lot after that. You know, I'm pretty sure his confidence was shaking. That was a terrible read by RG3 as uh, Nate Allen was shaded towards the side of Deshaun Jackson and they had single coverage on the backside with Pierre Garçon and Kerry Williams. That's where the throw should have gone because Nate Allen had already gotten over the top. But again, they get the ball back off of an interception uh, from the Eagles on that final drive and he doesn't have to make a ton of big throws there. They run the ball down the field goal range. They get a One short throw. It's a one yeah. short throw there. Yep. Kerry Williams doesn't make the tackle. And, and, and Pierre Garçon is able to run after the catch, yeah. So, again, you didn't make it very difficult for him. Just 200 yards passing, 100 yards rushing combined uh, for the uh, Redskins today. I thought the defense played well in spurts. You know, the biggest thing for the defense in my mind was that they had critical penalties uh, at times when you just couldn't have penalties, whether it was jumping offsides or whether it was adding 15 yards to a bogus roughing the passer call that happened several times. Now, the last one that they called on Vinnie Curry, I can understand. You take a swipe and you hit the quarterback in the helmet. That's the thing. It's a letter they're of the law. Call that That's one. a letter yeah. of the law type Yeah, thing. they're going to call that one. But the other two on Brandon Graham, and I think Vinnie Curry was the other guy, I just didn't see it. You know, I just didn't see where it was roughing the passer. And those were 
15-yard plays that were added to the end of plays big time. Big time plays you had guy jump off sides on third and one. I think it was Fletcher, Fletcher. Cox. That it, I think it was either four or five penalties that they had today on third down that gave the Redskins first downs and allowed them to uh, extend their drives. That's why it's I'm befuddled by trying to describe how the Eagles' defense performed because you look at the numbers, and numbers aren't that bad. Right. But, of course, you're going to look at, say, the final drive. Defense needs to step up and make a play. There are some times throughout the course of the game where they need to make a play. Run defense, pretty much stout, as usual. Held mm-hmm. Alvin Morris, who under 100 yards. He did have the touchdown in the first quarter. But outside of that, they were able, for the most part, to contain the Washington run offense. And you figure, well, if you do that and force Robert Griffin III to throw the football, you're going to be in good shape to win the game. And the Eagles were in position to win the game up until the final drive offensively, where they turned the ball over at midfield. But as you said, like when you look at the penalties and just the sloppy execution at certain points, it's really, really tough to say, well, the Eagles defense did a great job because yeah. there were times, again, when, hey, the offense is going to struggle. You need to step up and make something happen, and they were unable to do that. So we're going to take a quick commercial break here on the postgame show presented by Rico. We're waiting here from quarterback Mark Sanchez, who will address the crowd from FedEx Field down in Landover, Maryland. So until then, we're going to take a quick commercial break and discuss more here on the postgame show. Hi, my name is Rhonda. I've worked for Acme Markets for 30 years. Here at Acme, community means everything to us. Prices have never been better. Going up and down the aisles, I do get a lot of compliments when the lower prices. Your store looks great. I love the people. I love the shop here. I just think people are definitely seeing a change and seeing that it's getting better with Acme. And it's not just the prices. It's the customers that are coming in here, talking it up. Come on in. Check us out. We're back. The tournament is there. You're here. And before you take the team's star midfielder from here to there, along with his entourage, you have some things to do, like finding a place to stay, getting an oil change, mapping out the best route. Yes. Are we there yet? No. Roadside assistance? Not today, but always on call. So wherever your journey takes you, AAA helps you get there. So everyone's a winner. Start your journey at AAA.com. send it back to FedEx Field. We're going to hear from the quarterback, Mark Sanchez. Ten wins. And uh, other than that, I mean, we can't control anything on the outside. So just focus on what we can control and, um, and move on. They were, it seems like they were taking away the deep stuff. Is that right? And you had a lot of stuff underneath. Yeah, they played, uh, they played pretty sound in the back end. Um, but like I said, we moved the ball. I saw some 400-something yards offense, which was great. Um, got Coop rolling, two big touchdown catches, really, really good catches too, uh, especially the second one. And then Ertz just went off, man. He had such an awesome day. So, um, you know, it's it's too bad that that kind of stuff happens on a day that you lose. You talk about the, the first position of the second half. That seemed like it was a big key. Oh, of course. You know, and, and we got to put ourselves in a in a. We can't put ourselves in a better position. You know, coming out of halftime, Malcolm makes a great play, and now we got to go capitalize. And, um, you know, it just didn't happen. So that's too bad. We needed to get some points there. Mark, you've had a, um, you know, some wins, but now three in a row. Um, a lot of times they say you judge a quarterback by the team. 
helps. I mean, do, you, do you agree with that? Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta win games. Um, the head coach and the quarterback, you know, we're, we're the only ones who keep a record. Um, so that's that's the, the goes with the territory with this position. But um, you know, there've been three really tough games, and this one came down to the wire, and we just came up a little short. Have you have you known that you were going to be the quarterback for pretty much the rest of the season? I, mean, I, I had no idea. I mean, it just we take it week to week. So it was a week to week thing. I mean, every week is a week to week thing. You know, we're just yeah. going, trying to go one and zero, and unfortunately, these last three we let them slide. Mark, I missed the. I was here a little late, so the interception. You there was, a hot, was Jeremy the hot read there? Yeah, I mean, we we uh, we I knew people were going to come free, and so I'm trying to anticipate where uh, Mac's going to be, and um, you know, I'm getting the guy in my face and trying to throw it to him, and just kind of missed it. And guy made an unbelievable play. Would have been a great throw away, and we get a fourth down, and we're still rolling. So. It's really too bad. You guys, I think you had close to 500 yards. Yeah. I think you had close to 400. Um, you had all the momentum there at the end. Um, and then they go back down and score a second after the pick. Well, the, the ups and downs, the highs and lows, I think the last two minutes of the game, uh, how deflating is that? How, how difficult is that? To, to well, I mean, it's tough to, tough to swallow. You know, you want to get a win, especially with, uh, like I said, some of the outstanding performances we had. Um, you know, it's really too bad when that happens and then we lose. When the third down throw, um, when you guys tied the score, you had Ertz over the middle. Yeah. What happened there? Uh, tried to squeeze it into Ertz. I mean, it's they they ended up dropping eight, so um, just trying to get a, a quick one over the middle to him, and um, they converged on him pretty quick. I got to see the film, see if he really got a hand on it. He came over and was just, ah, I got to catch it, I got to catch it, and that's just the way he is. He's an awesome guy and wants to catch every ball, so. Um, you know, you can appreciate that as a quarterback, but uh, you know, he'd like to get it there even sooner or maybe move on. But I think they, they dropped eight, so they were going to have five underneath anyway. When you put up that kind of those kinds of numbers, um, I know we talked about your losses, but I mean, how, do you, how do you assess, you know, how do you look at your game overall? I mean, we lost. That's the most important thing is winning the game, whether I throw for 50 yards or 500 yards. I mean, we got to get a win, so that's the most important thing. I'm not, you don't really worry about stats till the end of the year when, you know, the season's months gone and, hey, that was a really good game you might have had. Well, that's all well and good, but we want to win. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks Thank you. Yeah. All right, Mark Sanchez leaving the podium at FedEx Field. Welcome back to the post-game show. Uh, Ike, your thoughts on Sanchez's performance overall? Ran the offense efficiently, but just had that one bugaboo yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah, I really did think that, that Mark did a nice job of taking what the defense was giving him. You know, the Redskins surprised me with how much coverage they decided to play against the Eagles offense today as opposed to what Jim Haslett has done for the most part this season, which is basically send the farm after any quarterback. And they, they didn't really do that until late in the game, and that really forced Mark Sanchez to get rid of that ball sooner than he wanted to. He had a little bit of happy feet Couldn't there on that feet, final yep. series, and it was all because – Jim Hazlitt started to blitz him a lot more on that final series. But prior to that, I thought he did a nice job of just taking what the defense was giving him. You want to leave Zach Ertz open? Okay, I'll keep hitting him for 5, 10 yards, 12 yards. Okay, you want to play off Riley Cooper? 
and give him the hitch route, okay, I'll keep throwing it to him. And that's pretty much what he did. He did a nice job of swinging the ball to his backs at times. There are a couple throws in there that he wishes he could have back. There were some guys downfield that you would have liked to have possibly seen him pull the trigger on. But I'll say this. If you as a quarterback, if you aren't confident you can make that throw, I don't want you making that throw. And so he stayed away from the big mistake where he put his team in the hole until that final drive. Again, the sack, forced fumble, I don't think that was on mark early in the game. Lane Johnson was beat right off the snap uh, by Ryan Kerrigan. But the, the interception late, I think, was a direct result of Jim Hazlitt dialing up the pressure uh, on those first few plays prior to that last play. And I think Mark, because he hadn't seen a ton of pressure all game, started to rush himself a little bit. And that throw was off target, as was a throw, I believe, a player two earlier that could have been intercepted mm -hmm. by Ryan Clark when he tried to get the ball to Zach Ertz versus a blitz. So, um, um, I, I don't lay this, this loss at, at, the, at the feet of Mark Sanchez. I certainly don't do that. I don't think he's the reason that they lost the game today. His interception on the final drive is what everyone will talk about. But compared to the way he played against Seattle and Dallas, I thought this looked more like the Mark Sanchez we had seen in, in the Tennessee game, the Carolina game, that first Cowboy game, as opposed to what we've seen the last two weeks. Who would be your player of the game? Like as we start to get your final thoughts, uh, it would have to be a toss-up between either Riley Cooper or Zach Ertz. I thought I thought Cooper. This this was Cooper's best game of the season. It, it really was, and it's not that he his numbers will jump off the screen at you, but I thought every just about every pass that was thrown to him, he made the catches. The end zone, the, you know, not the second touchdown, not the first one, the second one. I thought was a nice little over-the-shoulder catch uh, that he made there to secure the ball. So. You can only catch them if they throw them to you. I, I thought Riley had a real nice game, and that's, it's been a while since we've been able to say that about Riley Cooper. Do you think Dallas will lose tomorrow? I think there's a very good chance they'll lose. And I, listen, they, they watched this game today. They know if they win tomorrow, it's over. You know, they, they basically clinched the NFC East, and they're in, I believe. So, Would that um, make any difference to the players, though? I mean, Of course it does. Of course it does. If you can get it clinched this week as opposed to going into the final week, and having to go on the road against a team that's already beat you. Oh, and by the way, watching how they just played against the Eagles, uh, the Cowboys are the Redskins' true rival, and you best believe they'll be emotionally ready to go next week for that game. So I think today's results uh, puts the Cowboys in a position where they're going to go out there and definitely try to take care of business at home against the Indianapolis Colts, although they're a much better team on the road. Indeed. Uh, All, four the yeah. All four of the losses. All four of the losses have come at home at Jerry World this season. So I hope they lose tomorrow. Certainly. I'll have on my Andrew Luck jersey. Where's our where's our Colts? We're yeah, gonna bring that out the next home with me too, yeah. Have all type of Colts stuff hanging up in the house tomorrow. We'll, we'll be rubbing those horseshoes for good luck to <laughs> say at least. Yeah. Ike, Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you. How the hell can I have a Merry Christmas just, after this? I'm gonna get out of here, but Merry Christmas to you. See Mac. And Merry Christmas to everyone else out there in Eagles. Definitely. We're going to take a quick break here on the post-game show presented by Rico. It's time to bring Greg Cosell in. He's going to further break down the X's and O's as we look back on this 27-24 loss to Washington. Mm. Feel it? JJ, what? You know the game's on tonight, right, Amy? Uh, I know, but it's my turn to chaperone. Right, but you can do both. How? NFL Mobile is now free with the More Everything plan for Verizon. I have Verizon. Download it, and you can watch the game right here. Come on, Miss Boogie! Oh, Helen. 
Watch primetime NFL games on NFL Mobile, included with the More Everything plan, exclusively from Verizon. Hi, my name is Jim Taylor. I've been with Acme for 34 years. Our Lancaster brand beef is the best around. We cut our meat fresh every day. We actually have customers come from other stores just for our meat. Freshness is our number one priority. No one beats our fresh fish. We have the freshest apples, the crispiest lettuce. Fresh produce is what we do. We do the best cake decorating in the area, hands down. 123 years strong. Come on in, you'll see the changes, you'll feel it, you'll love it. Section 512, row 6, seats 7 through 10. Those are our seats. At this one time, we can't be there. Please treat them right. To get there early, stay late, and yell a whole lot. Dress warm, gloves, hats, warm boots. Eric sits in the middle. Uncle Paul sits on the aisle. And if you want to sit in my seat, make sure you get your ticket from the only place a fan can trust. Buy and sell 100% verified authentic tickets with other true fans. Only on NFL Ticket Exchange. Tickets from one fan to another. Rico and the Philadelphia Eagles are giving you the chance to win a VIP party for your office for up to 50 people at the Novacare Complex. Air today at PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Rico Office Party. Sweepstakes is open to residents of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. Rico, the official document solutions partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Welcome back to the post-game show presented by Rico. Look, we need a little bit of luck after today. No, so. you need no luck. That's what you're really saying. No, we need lots of luck. No. Think about it. I'm, you've lost me already, Greg. Come on. We need tons of luck. Who are they playing tomorrow? Cowboys. Colts Cowboys. Right. Yes, you need Andrew Luck to shine. We do. Okay, go ahead. We need tons of luck. There you go. That's well, what I'm saying the whole time. There you go. You know, this is what, that's why I'm holding on. Do you think the Cowboys here, will so. win tomorrow? Um, why do you think I'm holding this helmet? I don't think they will. You want on the record? I believe I am on the record. Okay, I'm, I'm I just want to make sure. I, yeah. Well, I don't want this to be, you know, a, you know, dip a toe in the water type thing. I mean, if you're going to go for it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for it. You're going to go for it. Yeah. Excellent. I think, the Colts, gonna, I think the Colts bold are going to win tomorrow. See, you're brightening up everyone's spirits, so, and mine included. Well, there you go. I, I saw you were getting a little sad during the last it's, segment, C-Mac, and, you know, I just wanted to brighten your day. Thank you very much, Greg. You know, it's the holiday season. It is the holiday season. So, uh, Greg, initial thoughts. You know, it's crazy what my initial thought is watching the game was I was amazed at the defense the Redskins chose to play because the Redskins played into the only thing Mark Sanchez really does well, which was throw the ball in the middle of the field at about 8 to 12 yards. And I was really surprised that they, in a sense, let him do that. They played almost all zone for pretty much all of the game until that final drive. Mm -hmm. They rushed three numerous times, and they gave up the 8 to 12-yard area. And I was really, watching the game, I was just totally, we were talking about yeah. it. I was just really, really surprised by that because those are the throws that Mark Sanchez can make well, and he made them well. And the thing is, all week coming to this game, you talked about Jim Hazlitt. They blitz, they blitz, they blitz, and you just figure they're going to bring the house. Sometimes they do. Jim Hazlitt is very game-specific. There are games in which he will attack, 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 and there are other okay. games where he will play a ton of zone, and obviously he chose to do that. Hey, he had a reason yeah. for it. You yeah. know, Maybe he felt that if he forced Mark Sanchez to run 11, 12, 13 plays, that at some point he'd make a mistake. There is a track record. But uh, it was interesting to me that he chose that because he, he really allowed Sanchez to be a very efficient player for a large majority of the game. 
The Eagles had a 16-play, 94-yard touchdown yeah. drive in the second quarter, and that was, I said on the halftime report with Ike Reese, I thought that was a drive that was going to be the season savior right there. Yeah, there's, you know, to me there were a couple of things that stand, we, you know, you can talk penalties all day. I don't do penalties because what are you going to you do? Cr you were cringing off, off camera yeah, when I mean, I what you were talking about what it. So. Are you it's do? what they call. Yeah. I mean, and you guys talked about it already, but I think it's it was really a critical part of this game. The second half, the beginning of the second half, that was a chance to go up by two scores. And, you know, the Redskins, RG3, to me, he's certainly not a comeback quarterback at this point in his career. Uh, and that was a chance to go up 21-10. to 10. You get a really bad play by Andre Roberts and a really good play by Malcolm Jenkins. You're right there. You were inside the 20. You're in the red zone on your first offensive snap you need a touchdown. And I think a good team or a team ready to take that next step into the playoff scores a touchdown there. They just got the field. Uh, they missed the field goal. Missed the field goal. They missed yeah. the field so goal. They, so they, the they got no points. And then Washington came back out a touchdown. Right. So it was a 10-point right. swing right there. What did you think, Greg, and this is something you pointed out while watching the game, about the Eagles and the way they utilized the tempo in this game? Where yeah, that was, was another thing. Uh, you're right. I'm glad you mentioned that because this was not the speed tempo that we're used to seeing. How many times did we comment that the play clock got to 12 or 11 or even under single, 10, C-Mac? Yeah. It got to under 10. And yes, they ran a ton of plays, so maybe it seems like a moot point, but it's not because you get used to playing a certain tempo and that's the way you play and that's the way you, you're most effective because that's what you practice. And they really weren't playing that tempo, and I don't know why. We, we won't know why. Yeah. We may never know Chip why. Chip Kelly wasn't asked, so. No, certainly. no, and, and he may not tell anyway. Exactly. But they certainly were not playing at the same speed tempo that they normally do, or they have in, in recent weeks. Do you think that Washington did anything on defense to take away LaShawn McCoy in the second half? McCoy had 69 right. rushing yards in the first half was not as effective in the second half. Obviously, you saw how good Sanchez was at right. working the, the pass game, especially the Zach Ertz, who had a franchise record 15 receptions. But still, you look at the final numbers across the board, and you say to yourself, did Washington mix things up? Did they do something different? Did they just say, did they go back to the week three matchup and say, you know, we're not going to let McCoy beat us. If we're going to lose to this Eagles team, it's going to be Mark Sanchez. No, I think a ball. couple of things happened. I think, first of all, it was evident to Chip Kelly and everybody, we just talked about it, that those eight-yard throws were pretty consistently there. And you're going to take an eight-yard mm -hmm. gain every single snap if they're going mm -hmm. to give it to you. And then, then what happened as the second half progressed is they got down. And I think that removed McCoy as, as viable an option as he was in the first half. So I think the combination of those two things limited McCoy's touches. What did you say, at 16 in the first half? 69 in the first half. But how so. many, I wonder how many carries. Because he had exact. fewer carries, yes. I think, in the second half, clearly. Uh, but I think that that was it. They were able to throw the ball very effectively. The Redskins kept giving them those throws, and why not take them? Certainly that's the case. He averaged 5.3 yards per carry in the first half, finished with four, 88 yards total on 22 carries. Now, Ike and I were talking about the Eagles' defense. You know, I have a hard time trying to characterize the performance right. overall because some of the numbers you say are pretty I think good. their third down numbers were tremendous. The yes. Redskins were not good on third down in this game. You know, but then all of a sudden you look at the penalties, you look at the amount of points, the fact that they allowed them to drive down on the final drive of the game and get the winning points. You say to yourself, it wasn't certainly a dominating performance. Alfred well, Morris was I kept think, largely yeah. in check outside the one touchdown in the first half, but... I think the yeah. plays we'll remember, of course, are the two big ones to Deshaun Jackson. Uh, you know, and it's so interesting when you watch the, the Eagles defense on film. 
Obviously, Bradley Fletcher's been beaten this year. Kerry Williams has been beaten this year. But the Eagles don't play man-to-man -man with no help on every snap. Sometimes it appears that way because mm -hmm. guys get beat. But you go through the tape of all these games, and there's more often than not, they have really excellent double-team concepts. It just has seemed that they've been beaten by specific big individual plays, and those two 50-yarders were obviously killers. That last play that got them in field goal range was just, what, an eight-yard throw to Pierre Garçon, yeah. and then he, he made a great move on Kerry Williams and turned it upfield. That's a tackle that has to be made right there. And then they're not in field goal range, and you don't know what's going to happen. Ike made a great point that Deshaun Jackson is not a volume receiver. He's not, He's not a guy that's going to get eight, ten catches a game. So how do you game plan differently for a guy like that where you obviously are aware that the home run ball could be coming at any time, but how much of your resources do you dedicate to trying to well, avoid making And that's a great point. Do you allocate two people to play Deshaun on every snap? Now, after mm -hmm. the game today, I'm sure fans are saying, absolutely, yes. that's what we should have done. But, you know, when you go into a game, if you do that, you're limiting your options defensively. So I certainly understand Bill Davis's point. I mean, it was like last week with Des Bryant. They, uh, they had some really good defensive concepts with double teams, both Bryant Witten, uh, and, and it worked really effectively. My guess is if you look at the film, there'll be some really good concepts in this game. But the times they did go man-to-man -man with a single high safety, two times they got burned. And those two plays, they're 50-plus yard plays. They're chunk plays. And finally, the Eagles, uh, Nate Allen in particular, picked up on it getting the interception where you saw him shade over to the side. And it was a bad throw, too. A bad throw, underthrew right. him as well. But still, nonetheless, give Nate the credit that Absolutely. he was able to realize that, you know, a lot of times RG3 pretty much predetermined where he was probably going with the ball. And they were able to take advantage, but just not enough time. Tough here. one, so, though, C-Mac. Tough one. That's an understatement, yeah. to say the least. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to look ahead to tomorrow's matchup between the Colts and the Cowboys. And then uh, we will also hear from defensive coordinator Bill Davis, so maybe he will explain exactly what the game plan was for taking on RG3, Alfred Morris, and Deshaun Jackson. But <laughs> you never know. You know, we have, This is a tease. We're trying to tease viewers to stick with us. So make sure you stay tuned for more here on the Post Game Show presented by Rico. I step to Philly. I step to Philly. The bus. The trolley. The train. Jefferson Station. Airport line. 69th Street. Broad Street. To the game. Paoli. Sharon Hill. Chestnut Hill. Regional Rail. I step to Philly. The Broad Street line on game days. A la bodega. To the movies. To my parkway. Spring Garden. Late night. West Philly. South Philly. North Philly. NovaCare Rehabilitation is the exclusive provider of physical therapy to the Philadelphia Eagles. With 90 locations in the Delaware Valley, NovaCare maximizes the physical well-being in patients of all ages and abilities. Our team of medical professionals puts you back in your game after surgery or injury. The Eagles choose NovaCare, so can you. Call 1-800-770-NOVA.
NovaCare, the power of physical therapy. Okay, welcome to back to the postgame show presented by Rigo, Chris McPherson, alongside Greg Cosell. By virtue of the Eagles' loss, Detroit has clinched a spot in the playoffs uh, as the playoff picture begins to unfold here. So we are, as we said, going to send it to FedEx Field down in Landover. We're going to hear from defensive coordinator Bill Davis, who is going to break down the Eagles' performance on defense. Again, it's one of those things where you look at the numbers and you say to yourself, all right, overall not that bad. Some hurtful penalties, some costly penalties. As you said, Greg, some good performances on third down, but too many big plays in the end, and that's why the Eagles end up on the losing side of the 27-24 score. Here's the Eagles defensive coordinator, Bill Davis. Just decide you to see. I just he just got beat for the second time vertically and uh, wanted to uh, just give him a get him out of there for a second, catch his breath, get his perspective, and and uh, try Nolan in there, try someone else. Do you feel like that's just where you guys need to be at at this point? Is it, I mean, it's it's happened the last two weeks so often. Yeah, two weeks in a row, he's had two bad weeks. I was hoping to get out of that slump and. Uh, you know, didn't they? Went at them deep, and uh, they made the plays on them. So I made a switch. Is there any kind of trend for what you're seeing, what he's, he's doing that keeps leading to this or not doing? No, it's just vertical ball. We got to play it better. You know, there's different techniques that he uh, misses on each play, but they're all different. Not the same one every time. Can there be a confidence crisis at that position? Sure, absolutely. Uh, that's that's the number one thing you need. I think Fletcher's a good corner. He just he's, he's lacking confidence right now. They're making some plays on him, and um, he's in a slump. So we'll. Give Nolan a shot. We give Nolan a shot out there, and, and uh, you know, let Fletch take a step back. You guys kept him alive a lot on third down with penalties today. Oh, yeah, we can't have those many that many third down penalties and think we're gonna, you know, we get off our field with making the plays. What they have 20% on third down, and we we shoot ourselves in the foot with the penalties. You can't have it. And think you're gonna win games in the NFL. How do you stop that though? I mean, it's, it's every penalty was different. You know, I don't know the exact which which ones are right and wrong. It doesn't matter. They were called, so they. Uh, we just got to play with more discipline. I mean, that's that's what the penalties are. You know, some are uh, some just happen, but that many, yeah, you got to play more discipline. Did you feel like some were wrong? I have no idea. I, you, you can't. There's so many things you're looking at. The officials' interpretation. Half the time, I'm looking at coverage, and they call roughing the pass. I didn't even see it. You've, made, you've maintained your confidence in Bradley Fletcher over yep. the last few weeks. Sure have. Looking back now, um, after his performance last week, do you, do you regret your decision? I don't regret anything, no. I, I, I make plans based on what I see and uh, make decisions on what I see, and I don't regret one minute of it. He, he uh, Like all players, you got to give them a shot to get out of a slump when they're in a slump, or you just end up bailing on everybody every, every time one play goes bad. You can't play ball that way or build confidence that way. So I uh, made the switch when I thought it was time to make a switch, and you know, unfortunately, you know, didn't work out. Is it, safe to, is it safe to say he's going to start? I don't know. I have no idea. No idea. We'll make those decisions later. Could you see anything in practice, Bill, this week? None. If I saw something in practice, I wouldn't have played him. I mean, guys, it's it's your cornerback in the NFL, and you got the guys running vertically on you. Sometimes they made plays, and they made plays at Fletch. So uh, there's nothing you see in practice that uh, shows you that. Uh, he's a good player. Uh, right now, his confidence is down. They made some plays on him, so we made a switch. You, you've talked so often in your two years yep. here about how the defense going forward, getting better, getting better. These last few weeks, do you feel like that has stopped as a defense? Yeah, we haven't got better in the last few weeks. I mean, we, we got back in the game twice now and, and twice, uh, you know, they, they got back in it. So uh, uh, we've got a lot of work to do. You know, we got to take a hard look at all positions and make sure that we're uh, putting guys in the right position to win. 
uh, look at the calls, look at the scheme, look at the players. We look at all of it. We we uh, we can't shoot ourselves in the foot with penalties like that. You can't beat yourself in the NFL. That's first. You can't beat yourself. Uh, they got good enough players on the other side. They're going to beat you without you helping them. But do you have enough, good enough talent in the second? Half? Absolutely. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We have enough talent. We've played well at times. It just lately we haven't had. We haven't made the plays. What was your reaction to the personal foul by Kerry Williams on the third? I didn't see it. Didn't see it at all. I'm mad it happened because we were off the field. I was looking for. You know, I didn't even see the flag, and all of a sudden it happens, we're back on the field. Those are things you can't do. We have to have the discipline, and we've got to get ourselves. We can't shoot ourselves in the foot like that. Still positive it's not an issue of fresh legs versus tired legs? Absolutely not. We're in better shape than most teams we play. We're not tired legs, no. Bill on two deep balls. All right, there's defensive coordinator Bill Davis. Greg, you had some interesting remarks listening to him talk. I know everybody's going to be discussing the play of Bradley Fletcher. He got beat on those two verticals. Why don't you give him help every time? It's just not possible. It's not something that you can no, do. It, right? It's winning the NFL, C-Mac. It's big boy football. Sometimes you have to play, you have to line up and play man coverage. And no matter what kind of corners you have, I, I know fans right now think Bradley Fletcher's no good, and obviously he's not playing well right now. And yes, he's probably lost some confidence. And we saw the replays on on some of those touchdowns, and and his technique, as Bill Davis said, was not very good. But you have to line up and play man-to-man coverage in the NFL. And this defense is predominantly a man-based defense. That's what they t- t- taught from day one when Bill Davis came here two years ago. So that's what the Eagles play. And you can't change your stripes now. No, no, that's you know, what they play. You're week 16, you know, your next to last game of the season, of the regular season, that's, that's what you are. You can't drastically change no. the scheme just to say, oh, you know, everything's bad because then you'll be out, you'll mess something else up. Starting you know, corners in the NFL have to play man-to-man on meaningful snaps in almost every game. That's the way it is. And he got beat a couple of times. Unfortunately, yep. it cost him tonight. So, and now, do you agree with the sentiment that they've been keeping Fletcher out there because he's better than Nolan Carroll? Nolan Carroll came in and well, Fletcher came in Well, how would you dime. think anything otherwise? Do you think a coaching staff intentionally puts out a player they think is a lesser player? I would certainly hope not. No, they don't. Don't forget, they want to win no. too. And, and their jobs are always on the line too. So coaches do not put out players they think are lesser players if they have a better player on the bench. It doesn't work that way. So he obviously benched him today because I'm sure uh, that his confidence was a little bit shot and, I'm, and he's not been playing well, but they obviously believe Bradley Fletcher is their best corner uh, or second best corner if they think Kerry Williams is better, but he's one of their two best corners. Their best option to start Exactly, there, exactly. One way or another. All right, so we need a little bit of hope, a little optimism. Tomorrow, Dallas plays Indianapolis in Jerry World. If Indianapolis wins, I mean, I'll just cross my fingers. Right. When Indianapolis wins, that means the Eagles still have hopes for the postseason. They will still need to win against the Giants and need some more help. But right. nonetheless, there's a sliver of hope for the Eagles. Um, give us a quick preview of what you expect. Andrew Luck has been perform- putting up MVP-type numbers. You know, big question to me is whether the Cowboys would be able to get to him with the pass rush because... The offensive line for the Colts has struggled for yeah. most of the season. So yeah. how, how do you look at this matchup here? Well, the Colts are really an Andrew Lux team. Pretty much, if you look at their entire team, their offense, other than Luck, is really not that strong. Their O-line has struggled all year. luck has been hit more than any quarterback in the league. Um, they don't really have a consistent run game. They have... A good group of receivers, but not a great group of receivers. T.Y. Hilton's tremendous. I think Reggie Wayne is sort of on the back end. He's on the back nine right now. And he's out. Yeah, so, I mean, so. yeah, so, 
What do you think of the rookie, Dante Moncrief? I, well, I really like Dante Moncrief, and I think next year he'll be a big-time player. Um, we need a big-time player from yeah. tomorrow. Well, That's, he's been able next to do year. Some I don't care about the Colts next year. Defensively, the Colts, they, they play a lot of man. That's probably the best part of what they do on defense is they play man really well on the outside with Greg Toller and Vontae Davis. But their front seven has just been okay. If I'm the Cowboys, whether you have DeMarco Murray or whether it's Joseph Randall, to me, I'm playing the way I've played all year. I'm running the ball. I'm playing what has essentially become Cowboy football. That's what I'm doing. And you have to live with that. And that's, I think they could beat the Colts that way. But I think Andrew Luck is the wild card because Andrew Luck is obviously emerging as the best young quarterback in football. And I don't think there's any question about the fact that he is the best young quarterback in football. And he's capable of winning games by himself. You mentioned DeMarco Murray. He had hand surgery. He is expected to play. I think he's pretty much told everyone in the organization that he is going to play. How do you think that affects the standpoint from, all right, he'll be able to hold the ball with the one hand, but if you're trying to do stiff arms, catch the ball. And he was an effective receiving weapon against the Eagles. So... How do you see that working out? For you know, him? again, I, I don't know the details, the, the, true of course. the injury, but I do know that it will have an impact because he will not be able to carry the ball in that arm. It's his left hand, right? I believe that is correct, left hand. yes. He will not be able to carry the ball. He will not be able to stiff arm. He will not be able to use that hand to fend off defenders. And he's really much more of a sort of inside power runner than anything else. Uh, he's not really an out. They run a lot of outside zone, but he's not really a, a get to the edge burner. He's really kind of a uh, runs in confined spaces. So it'll be interesting to see how he's impacted. And we don't. By the way, we don't even know how much he's going to play. He may get out there, and they may decide after five carries eh, that, that he can't. He can't do it because the last thing they want to do. Of course, we want them to do this, but the yes. last thing they want him to do is fumble the football. I wouldn't mind seeing a few yeah. of those tomorrow, to say the least. So the Eagles, okay, so they need the Colts to win. Let's say it happens. Yes. Dallas would play Washington. Yep. Same team we just saw in Week 17. The Eagles would play the New York Giants, who have seemed to come to life thanks to the electric rookie Odell Beckham Jr. How impressive have you been by oh, his performances? Well, I loved him coming out. I'm not surprised. Uh, I think, you know, the Giants, Eagles fans remember the game, which I think was week six, if I'm not mistaken. I believe correct. Right yes. around there. Well, that was Beckham's first game. But the Giants were still a work in progress. They had a new offense, and the offense has gotten incrementally better every single week. It's a different Giants offense. The, the big problem the Giants have is they can't run the ball. But their pass game has gotten incrementally better every single week. And now it's, it's a meaningful threat. Uh, even though they don't have big-time receivers other than the emergence of Beckham. Seems like he makes a ball, ball Boy, lot for it. He so. sure does. He sure does. And he's explosive. But the Giants, defensively, they've had so many injuries, and they're not very good. That's the concern. So Odell For Beckham, them, that is. Odell Beckham, impressive season, even though he pretty much most missed all of training camp, yep. preseason, early part of the season. Like you said, that Eagles game, that Black Sunday game, was the debut for Odell Beckham, the run game. Rashad Jennings has been banged up. He hasn't been reliable for the Giants no. of late. Andre Williams doesn't he's, cast the ball. He's a straight field. line runner, too. He, he wouldn't special. be hard for the Eagles to defend uh, with their run defense, which is really good. Which would be so different as compared to the last month with all the running backs that they faced. Yep. But the one thing is you hope that it's meaningful for them. You know, this is a very interesting obstacle for Chip Kelly. You know, they've lost three straight games. Now you have to try.